Good morning, Matt. I'm Chris Frosted, uh, President and CEO of PurePoint Uranium Group, Inc., and we are a exploration company, uh, uranium exploration company operating out of uh, northern Saskatchewan. And we have uh, a dozen projects up there that are all being actively advanced and uh, have a lot of drilling, drilling to do in the next little while. You do. You're in the right part of the world, apparently. High grade everywhere. We're going to talk about some of that in a second. But uh, first, I want to, I want to speak to you. Uh, base shelf prospectus out today. Why now? What's it going to do for you? Well, we've been we've actually been looking at this for a while. Um, you know, when the markets do get get active, and just particularly in this, you know, in the uranium space, as we've seen even in the last week, um, you know, you want to be able to take advantage of that when you can. And uh, um, you know, part of the part of the approach in the last year or so is to uh, get as much work done as we can while the money's available, and we want to make sure that that money's coming in, um, you know, at the most appropriate price and timing and whatnot. So by by getting that base shelf uh, up there, it allows us over the next couple of years to uh, raise money uh, uh, leaning on it, and it it kind of removes the need for a four month hold. It removes the need to be an accredited investor, and it allows brokers and dealers to to uh you know help us raise money uh much easier so t tell me about this but again for people looking in perhaps don't understand um you know how money is raised in north america or to in canada mm -hmm. specifically um why aren't more mm -hmm. companies going for this mechanism why private placements why raising equity in the market why ATM? well it's uh it, it's not it's not it's not a, a quick hit so i mean the 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 way it operates in canada under the uh, securities rules is that you cannot issue uh shares to the public unless you put together a prospectus that's the overrunning overriding rule now because in the resource industry we're, we're raising money every hour and a half that would get to be a little bit onerous so we typically would operate under an exemption that allows us to issue shares but uh, only to an accredited investor who has ticked all the boxes of being uh, have the experience and financial knowledge to manage that risk, and uh, and it, it places a four month hold on that on that uh, stock. So it's all the way that they protect the investor outside of a prospectus. The base shelf is is another mechanism, kind of up from that, where um, again, if we we're to raise money, uh, we already have a prospectus sitting there, and we do it once. And uh, our few and any uh, private placements we do moving forward would uh, would reference that uh, that prospectus uh, for the next little while. So it it just it it means that we can sell to the retail. You know, it can be sold directly to retail, and uh, it just opens up opens up the market and uh, and the flexibility we have. Okay, but um, what are your what are your plans for the money? Because we've been well. Why don't we get onto the high grading stuff? Well, we haven't, and you know, to answer quickly answer that question, we 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 don't we don't you know we're not raising money tomorrow necessarily, no, right? Know. This is just this is just in place for us over the next few years um, to make sure that that when when we do make that call, we will 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 have that available to us, right. It'll be available to you, and I'm trying. We, I guess we need to work towards, towards what end. Okay, so obviously you've right. got you've got your kind of, and I don't want to talk about them today in terms of the the Cameco Arano JVs going on. And maybe we'll touch upon them at the, at the end. I want to focus on what you've been doing because um, you know I note things like your neighbors ISO Energy. Some nice headlines coming out out there. That's got to be encouraging for you, but you've got to do some work first to be able to That's do right. something similar, don't you? 
That's right. And I think, you know, the, the fact that we, we have, we have a large pipeline, as I mentioned, we've got 12 projects and, um, you know, we want to make sure that we're moving them all along properly, that we're prioritizing them properly, making them available, even if, you know, if, if, if we take on partners and such, that they're all, they're all ready to advance in that way. And so as we're, we're in a period of uh, availability of capital to, to move these things aggressively, we want to make sure that we're, we're doing that. And, and, and able to work all the projects that we need to do. So when ISO Energy next door to us up at Turner Lake all of a sudden produces, comes up with a 50 million pound resource at 35%, which is unheard of on a piece of property that Cameco worked for years um, right on our doorstep, um, it's very encouraging to know that, you know, again, this, uh, you know, the, these deposits it can and will be uh, all over the place and will take on many different shapes and forms. I mean, so just talk about that. I mean, talk about... You say it's exceptional, but I mean, truly exceptional grading there. I mean, what, what's, put it in context for us in terms of how good that is when you compare it to things well, like, say, Next Gen or I mean, someone else. It, it's, it's the highest grade deposit ever, probably right now. Um, and it's, it's, it's just shy of 50 million pounds at, I think it's 34.5%. So if you, uh, let's compare that, say, to Next Gen. So Next Gen's resource is 250 million pounds. So, five times as much, but it's at 3.1%. So uh, the the actual space and size, like if you just took 50 million pounds of, of, of next-gen's deposit, ISOs is one-twelfth the size because it's such a high grade, which makes it even harder to find. These things are, are not- you, you You're talking about one-twelfth one the size amount of ore that you're needing to move, is that what you're saying? Right, the amount of rock you have to right. move to get, the, to get it out. So, you know, when you start you know, trying to drill off a deposit, you know, they're drilling off something this big. Next gen's been drilling, had a, had a, had to do a lot more drilling <laughs> yeah. to, to come up with it, to come up with the, the deposit that they wanted to come up with. So, so it's, it's extremely, it's, so it's, it's obviously um, cheaper to drill out to, to find that. It's going to be cheaper to actually extract it so that the margins are going to be exceptional. So, okay, that's why I say- it's, you know, harder it's, it's harder to find. It's harder to find. It's harder to find. But- I'm trying to work out what what does that do to your thinking when you know you've got to kind of you've you always have this portfolio approach you've got the JV partners off on the side which will come to you. Um, does it change the order of play for you, or is it business as usual? Uh, to some degree, it, it certainly has to, right? And again, I've said this before: we're not just uh, you know reprioritizing within a project; we're reprioritizing within projects. So in September earlier this year, when we drilled at Red Willow. And we ran into this like close to a mile of uranium. Um, all of a sudden, it became a priority. And so we were we were planning on drilling Turner Lake in September, but we said, okay, wait a minute, we better we better get back and do a little more work at Red Willow. Then all of a sudden, ISO comes up with this monster. Well, okay, maybe we better do figure out how to do both. Yeah, <laughs> and and so that's happening. So so yeah, it it definitely affects us what goes on next door. Right, but but what you don't want to be accused of is you know flitting and jumping around from you know, piece to piece. No. So this is based on data, positive data, not a case of it ain't working here. We need to jump somewhere else. So the, right, right, okay. So when you go and talk to the market, you know, about whether about base shelf prospectus or not. Do you, is that, do you feel the reception is going to be better as a result of this, or is that just back to neurology? And well, what it, what it means is, I mean, we've got, we've got all the funds we need 
to, to, you know, for this year and for all the drilling we're talking about in, in September, we can get out there and drill Red Willow. And, you know, again, it's more than even just the money. It's have you got the drill crew lined up and, and how are they going to be there and the helicopter lined up, et cetera. So absolutely, you know, we, we can get out there and we can, we can do those projects and get them drilled. And, um, and then based on what we see, I can't tell you what we're going to do in January because we have to see what comes out out of the ground in September and October um, and then see what's going to happen out at, uh, you know, again, out at Hook Lake um, this coming year as well. So it's it's it. I can't sit back and tell you what I'm going to do for the next five years because, you know, this is this is exploration and um, we have to go where where the indicators lead us. And when most of the holes, when most of the holes in the basin that are drilled come up with that much uranium, let alone a sniff, you really do have to follow up on everything because you never know when you're going to run into, you know, another hurricane zone. Right. So, but, but, how, but how do you play this, right? So you're 30 million market cap, right? So we're share price roughly where it is when I spoke to you last. The, mm -hmm. well, I guess the market, the uranium market seen a little bit of a, Revival in the last week. Should we? Should we not? Should we try not to judge market markets and theses on a week's news? Um, but you know, been, uh -huh. there's been a staggering amount of positive news from, and, and I take this in the right way. You know, COVID has been good for uranium in terms of supply. Um, you know, Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan production numbers have been good for uranium. You know, even Russia, Ukraine situation has been good for uranium. Um, mm -hmm. But you've got to work out how you play that. Environment as a small company right. at this stage, because right. this the the producers will be able to take advantage of it. The developers will well, be able to take advantage I, of it. So and how, I think I've shown you the graphs that? before, but I think you know what we've found is we've been able to ride the average. So you know we're all riding on that that roller coaster of up and down, depending on what the market determines for us, and that's all lovely. And it happens to be you know we happen to be careening towards the top right now. But in order to break away from that, you actually have to find something. You have to, you know, make a real discovery. And when I talk about a discovery, I mean, I don't know how you talk about a discovery other than in in hindsight, because it's only after you've got a deposit or something can you go back and say, okay, this was the first hole that we put in that thing. Um, but but the only way you're going to break away from the average and quit riding whatever the, the market is going to give you is by making a discovery. And as we've said time and time again, this is not a cheap endeavor we're, on, we're into, and it's not a it's not a hail mary or a one trick pony. So um, you have to you know constantly be looking where to put that next hole. Every hole you put in the ground is hopeful of of being the next one. Yeah, and, but, but one one hole does not a discovery make, right? One hole does not a discovery make, right? So You've there's, there's, there's time, time again. Uh, we be surprised how many companies come on here and tell me they've made a discovery. Well, you want to call it that? I mean, you can discover. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've discovered the you know the bold spot in the back of my head too. But I mean, it's it's uh, uh, yeah, you, know, you can call anything a discovery, right? Sure. I wish they wouldn't though. Um, I say hindsight's must, I think must I think tool. we've been guilty of that from time to time too. So. You know. Well, look, um, so let's talk, let's talk about that money then. You say you've got enough money for both uh, Red Willow and also Turner Lake, uh, Turner Lake um, which is great, but what does that actually mean in, in, in dollars, meters, and, you know, time? Well, um, I would think, again, we're, we're going to be start drilling. It looks like it's going to be a little later in September now because of the, the timing of our cruise. Um, so we'll start drilling near the end of September at Red Willow. Um, and... You know, if the weather holds out and, and the crews are, are good, we'll we'll 
probably we're not going to do a lot this this time around because it's still wet out there and it's a helicopter job and it's an expensive way to drill and you can't move around as much. So what we want to do is just follow up kind of where we left off um, because we seem to be coming into something. And then we do want to go up because we've got an area at Turner Lake that we've never drilled. And it's the one that's right on trend with ISO and it, it's got a it's it's got the trap and all the good stuff that we like to see. But until you've actually poked a hole in it, you don't know what you're looking at. So we do want to get up and work on that as well. So depending on what we find there on those two projects, we'll then determine what what happens this coming winter. Right. And, and you're, you're going to, in terms of the drill targeting, that's based on what I noticed that you've done some airborne gravity and mag survey uh, work earlier in June. Um, what else are you using? Well, sorry, tell us a bit, a bit about that and tell us about the, sure. the targeting, please. Sure. So, I mean, the, the targeting on Red Willow is, is quite, quite simple. Um, actually, you... Can I pull something up? I'll show you. Yeah, go for it. Let me just say, I think you are connected. Okay. So this is, I mean, what you see on the right there, that's that gray line is, is, is graphite in the basement rock, which again is our primary target area. And when we started drilling at Red Willow last winter, we were starting down here in this heel where we had picked up a, you know, sizable lens of, of, of uranium. And um, and so we started chasing that to the north and we went out about 50 meters because these deposits usually aren't much bigger than 100 meters in, in width. And uh, and we hit the same thing again. And so we we did a bit of a Hail Mary and we moved out 300 meters to see what it looked like on the other side. And we hit the same thing again and then 300 meters and then 300 meters. So what we're, we've been following this, this uh, you know, what, what turns into a, a consistent trail of, of uranium. And I'm not suggesting for a minute that you would mine what we're drilling into. Um, but there's obviously been quite a sizable mineralization event across this region. And we're looking for where, you know, where the deposit might, you know, would have, would have formed itself. And we've got about another kilometer and a half to the north of this thing where we last left off, another kilometer to the south. So, you know, we, we, we want to go up here where we left off. There's another 300 meters out. We were starting to run into the alteration and the and the uh, structure that, that we we like to see and and just see where that's going to take us and and from that we'll sort of plan out our next um you know our next uh um, program as far as turner lake goes i mean it's uh this is it here and um what are the red see. lines sorry what are the red lines so the red lines again this is this is graphite in the basement rock right, okay and so it, it really it, it it is the it's the first indicator you go looking for when you're when you're um, looking for uranium up there, and it's it's an easy thing to identify through geophysics. Um, and it's along this western edge, you know, we, we you see this big S shaped. It's a granitic dome in the center here, and you can see all those red lines all wrap around it, mm. like somebody stuck their hand in the middle of it and gave it a twist. Um, and and it's along this western edge that a lot of these things have been found. The Laroc here, which is Cameco's, was thirty percent over seven meters. And then up here we've got we've got ISO's hurricane zone, but it continues right along to the north of our project here. And there's been other uranium found around the area. So we want to we do want to get up here to the north and test test that the continuation of that corridor, um, mainly stemming from a a, a seismic line that SMDC which is now Cameco, did back in 1985. And, and there's this, this significant fault um, right where it crosses our, our conductor there. And that's kind of what we want to test because it's a, it's a similar setting as you would have seen at Key Lake or MacArthur. It's not an unfamiliar setting for deposits. So 
um, you know, we, we want to get up there and, and, uh, and see the, see what's going on up there. So that, that's the drilling we want to do this fall. And it, it's, you know, based on what we see out of that, we will then determine what we want to do in the winter. And, um, you know, we, we talked about flow through financing before and how that op works for us. And so, you know, we want to, there's a, there's a timing element of it. You can't over raise. Um, but, uh, we do want to see what, you know, what our needs will be and determine what that will be and raise accordingly. And, and again, back to the base shelf prospectus that will allow us to, to, you know, hopefully do that in, in short order and, uh, and, uh, and at a, at a appropriate pricing level. Um, the other work we've been doing all summer since we last spoke is really a lot of geophysics, uh, airborne geophysics over, over a number of the projects. And, and the, the objective there was really to get them to a drill, a drill ready state, right? We want all of these things ready to take a drill, um, be it for, you know, taking on partners or, or drilling them ourselves. Um, and so these, you know, these, these three projects, well, all of these projects to the south were flown. Uh, this summer, we're just waiting back on on the results of that, and and up here to the north, it's pretty much done. Uh, but a lot of the interpretation work isn't done. And then, of course, we were doing ge geophysical work over Hook Lake um, uh, this summer as well, in anticipation of getting back out there with a drill. See, so, so there's when I, when I when I look at this space at the moment, it's always been a, it's been a fun ride for the last you know three four years, or or quite frankly, ten years since I've been involved with it. But <laughs> the um, first eight weren't fun. No. <laughs> well, it's fun, to, fun, fun as an observer because it's, it's, it's so, it was so, so dynamic in terms of the geopolitics of it all. But, um, right now I'm, I'm looking at the market starting to behave or the beginnings of how it started to behave last cycle where it just got a little bit crazy, right? You know, we had some great projects, some great companies, some great management teams, and then a whole bunch of 450 other companies trying to do the same thing. And it became a bit messy. We're starting to see that inflow, new companies coming through. It's going to be distracting. A lot of white noise, a lot of money going where it shouldn't um, instead of where it should. Um, we've also seen a lot of M&A happen recently. Obviously, the, the big one recently mm -hmm. is UEC, UEX. Mm -hmm. um, well, and Denison involved for a little bit of that uh, conversation. But that seems to be the way this is going. You know, and we, we, I can name others that where, where M&A is, is starting to happen, new entrants starting to happen. Mm -hmm. What's the best way for you as a management team, for you, your shareholders to take advantage of the, the current emerging scene in uranium again? Because it's starting to get a little bit hot. I, I'm not, I don't want to sound like one of those sort of social media pumpers here, but it, it's starting to catch the eye. So how do you play it? Right. Well, you know, once we know that the, that the, the news media is picking it up a lot now. Um, it is, it's, uh, so people are paying a little more attention to it. They're understanding it more. Uh, it certainly has the green benefit these days whereby it's, it's now a solution. Um, and that's, that's really taken off. Um, and so I think more than anything, it helps to educate the market in, on nuclear in general. And then it always comes back to where, well, where's the uranium? And, um, you know, and that's when it starts to get a little bit messy. Um, from our perspective, um, you know, we can float along here all day with, with the market, but it's, things are not going to change until we make a discovery. And, you know, and, and we know, you know, the way you do that is to, you have to drill, you have to drill a lot. You have to follow up on things. Um, and it, it's, it's not a, you know, it's not a Hail Mary. And, you know, I tell you that the ISO was doing a lot of drilling on a lot of projects before, you know, before they hit hurricane. 
And, um, you know, and that's, that's the approach we're taking. So we, we want to make sure that while this period of awareness is out there and, and the money is available, um, because people are interested at this point in time that we, we maximize our use of that money to, to truly differentiate ourselves through a discovery. Um, otherwise what, what are you here for? Okay. Fair enough. Okay. So there's, there's basically Red Willow, Turner Lake, there's a full winter, Drill program, you'll know more. You make some decisions at the point. You understand what it is that the, the drill result, the drilling has told you, right? And money wise, bit of, a bit of flow through at the end of, well, with the, sorry, would you say it would be end of year? Or was that usually typically the new year? In typically, typically we would, we would be raising flow through by the end of the year, but right, okay. it, it, it seems to be available throughout the year yeah. these days, more it, so than it, it does, one would think. It? it does, doesn't it? Uh, gone is another metric of mine, damn it. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, People aren't going away in May anymore. What happened to that? I know, yeah. man. We have to come up with a whole bunch of other euphemisms uh, and, and, and phrases of our own. Um, let's, let's, let's go back to um, Cameco and Arano um, with, with, what they're, with what they're up to, because obviously it, it's just they've got their own pace they've got their own agenda um doesn't necessarily yeah. going to suit you um all of the time but when it when it does go it's 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 quite useful so what are they doing well you know i think that what we saw during the last down cycle uh certainly was was you know we were we were witness to the pain they were suffering along with us i mean it's not like like all the little juniors that got blown up we're the only ones devastated here but you know they've had a rough go of it and and we've seen a lot of their exploration budget and dollars vaporize over the last 10 years um so you know from from our perspective where they were only putting you know they were being very very precise as to where money was going and, and how it was affecting their budgets um i think I, you know, I, I hope, and again, we haven't, we haven't had the conversation with them yet for this year, for this coming year. We've, we've, uh, they've got our proposals. We're waiting for some of the data to come back in on, on the work that we just did. Um, but over the next couple of months, we will, uh, we'll get a budget out of them and, and see how much work we'll be able to do in January. But, you know, I, we certainly get a sense that things are a lot better over there as well. I mean, they've, they, you know, they, they reduced themselves a few times over the last 10 years and, uh, drastically so and and now you know there's there's more money available for them to to ramp things back up again and get things going so um i don't have a quick answer for you because we don't talk every day with them but uh you know we we will know over the next month or two uh as we make these proposals for the new year i mean we're we're proposing uh, you know uh i think 1.9 2 million dollars uh of, you know maybe a month and a half's worth of drilling uh in the winter this coming winter um, which we think is a, is a reasonable amount to start testing that. We're over in a new corridor now uh, that we're testing. I think I spoke about that last time. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and again, they, I, they like to pace us and they like us to, to, you know, do a little work and then really digest it well before we go out and gather more data. So we'll see how that moves along. Okay. So, um, if I if I look at the if I look at the share charts for uranium companies, it broadly follows what's happening in, in with regards to the spot market typically, um, mm -hmm. and what spot's doing typically. Um, you know, there's, there was those little bumps. Everyone's following that same same pattern. But for you again, as as a small exploration company with a portfolio approach stuff, and you've got your JV partners, um, you, you've got to have a view on what the markets going to do and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you because everyone's got an opinion and and I don't know who's gonna be right at the end of all of this but 
given given okay, most recently we you know we we've had the the Japanese announcements announcements all across Europe about n- nuclear taxonomy um you know it's a green energy as you you've mentioned in in there um we've had Kazakhstan we've had you know all sorts of supply constraint issues everyone's feeling good but it, it seems to work on a, on a different set of rules. So w- what's your take on the rest of this year, next timing and how it affects you? Well, again, you know, until, and I, you know, this has been said before, I mean, if, you know, for uranium to go from $25 to $35, it, it might as well not have moved at all because it, it doesn't really move the needle um, in terms of, of opening up mines, new mines, opening up mines that have been put on maintenance, et cetera, or, or increasing production. So, you know, right now when we're looking at a, at a, a you know, fairly flat price of uranium, both long-term and, and spot in and around the $50 mark, you know, we're still 20 bucks shy of, of, you know, of a tipping point. And, and, um, and so I think as, as the market, we can see, you know, I and mean, we've been mapping the, the move in, in share prices compared to the movement in the price of uranium. And the market always likes to anticipate this stuff and get ahead of it. And every time it sees a wiggle, it will, it will shoot. And we've seen that happen a few times over the last couple of years. So I think, and then, and then as, as it plateaus, the price of uranium, the market gets a little tired of it and things kind of drift off a bit. So I think right now, we're in a we're we're coming into a cycle where um, hopefully we're going to see the the price of uranium maybe maybe twitch a bit or something that will get the markets excited and and we will probably see a lot more money coming into the equities uh, before the end of the year. Um, I think it's going to be another probably year or so before we see the price of uranium though get get up to you know where where it needs to be to really make make an impact on the industry itself. Forget the equities in in the uranium business and. Uh, um, and so between now and then, you know, the markets are going to are going to continuously try and anticipate, you know, a big move and and jump in. So it, it's pretty twitchy. It's going to be pretty, uh, you know, pretty volatile, I think. Uh, you know, if one thing we've proven is our stock has managed not to be as volatile as a lot of the others. We I, I think a lot of that has to do with our relationship with, with some of the majors. Um, but it's it's you know it's going to be a volatile time every time the the markets twitch every time there's news like Japan well we've seen it the market you know they react to Japan announcing more reactors um, that's a good thing and I think that's the kind of stuff we're going to see the, it's, it's, the it's, a, it's a it's a it's a kind of good thing right it's it's like I think Rick Rule has been talking about that for the last four years I'm like but I'm not sure it's entire. Well, more, yeah, <laughs> 10. Um, but it's, but it, it's not entirely down to Japan. They're just in a long line sequence of events and announcements that are made. Obviously, this is a fairly uh, one established in folklore, but um, th- th- I think the truth of the situation is that the whole market's been building in terms of the demand side. Um, the supply side is just waiting to be r- recompensed the right way. So yeah, right. twitchy, volatile, however you want to look at it, um, exciting times for the next six months for sure. But it's, but it's, but it's heading in the right direction constantly. Uh, for sure. It's twitchy as it is. Yep. And I mean, you know, I mean, and again, to your point, I think Japan is a bit of a red herring because when, uh, you know, it was kind of the straw that broke the camel's backbone in 2011, they shut down 10% of the world's uh, reactors. But in the meantime, Kazakhstan had had so flooded the market, if you will, with low-cost uranium. That was really the problem. Yeah. And, you know, by 20, I think 2015, the amount of reactors that Japan had shut down had been replaced with other reactors around the world. 
So yeah. um, it's not 10% you know, anymore. Japan, yeah. Yeah. So I think Japan, Japan has turned into a bit of a bellwether that's stuck in people's heads that, that this is a good thing. But, you know, there's a lot of good things going on. I mean, Switzerland just broke their moratorium with uh, on reactors. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's coming back around and, uh, and Germany's still fighting over the last three. Um, so it's all it's all good news from, I think, the, the reactor end of the of the, the process. Um, and all of that, you know, washes back on us, I think, gives us a, a better, better playing field to do what we need to do, I think, over the next couple of years. This is this is we got to get a lot of work, as much work as we can done over the next year or two um, to really take advantage of, of, of a returning uh, mount, uh, market and, and a balance in the uranium prices. And Russia still bu- building uh, reactors for people as well, I note in the press. Hey, well, look, Chris, um, great catch up with you as ever. I'm glad things are moving along. It looks like the, you know, sh- shoring up the financial options as well is helpful. But like you say, at the end of the day, drill, 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 make that discovery, right? Always, always. That's how you find it. Thanks a lot, Matt. <laughs>